0: One, two, welcome, welcome, welcome. How's it going, everybody? How have you been? What have you been up to? Where have you been hiding? This is Sneaky Emu, a place where we went to discover the wonders of the world, the beauty of God that are ever before us, that sometimes we occasionally fail to see and overlook. Hi, this is episode number 138. Mom, thanks for listening. We're going to call this episode 49. to zero, 49 to nothing. It's a good, it's a good, pretty straightforward title. Uh, well, a few things, a few things going on currently, currently, uh, I'm doing some training for a, uh, ultra marathon coming up in a few weeks, uh, closer than I'd like it to be. We're doing a, doing a little 50 mile trail race, uh, towards the end of February. I got a few weeks left and I am not I'm not prepared yet. I got a I got a few weeks left, but oh boy, it's it's gonna be a struggle. Um there's not really a lesson there other than you should do better to be prepared. <laughs> hey, you should try to push yourself a little bit further. Uh but maybe there's also a warning. Uh don't kill yourself trying to do something ridiculous. There you go. You're welcome. That one's free. Uh, and then um, ink blots is is coming up for for those of you who are in the listening world. Uh, ink blots is a a talk uh, thing I'm doing uh, coming up in February. You can um, go to my I don't know uh, if you reach out to me, I can send you a link to register, or you can go to my. Uh, Seth Andrew Kane Facebook or Instagram and let me know and I can send you a link I'm trying to keep it somewhat uh, closed but also somewhat not closed so it's going to be a good time we got uh, I got three openers for the evening uh, which will be Caleb Kane uh, who uh, will be a good time and then uh, my friend Adam Turknet is going to give us 10 minutes of stand-up, and then uh, the incredible and lovely Hannah Rose Dome will also be uh, giving us 10 minutes. And I'm excited, excited for all that. And then, of course, I'll have my inkbot stuff. I'm making some uh, updates to it, some changes. It's going to be good. Also, uh, the book, Inkblot's the book. So there's Inkblot's the talk and then Inkblot's the book. The book is uh, pretty much done. It's got some extra stories and Inkblot's that the uh, talk doesn't have. Uh, and I'm going to be selling that. Yeah, because, you know, why not? It's fun. It'll be fun. It'll be a good time. So uh, check that out somehow. And then other than that, you know, it's just life is normal. Well, uh, that and the fact that we've had a leak in our house and uh, since Thanksgiving, our <coughs> middle of the house has been pretty much under construction. So that's ongoing. Yeah, So all the things, all the things are happening. It's all good. We'll get through it. Just a little patience, you know? So anyways, so let's get to today. Episode 138, uh, 49 to nothing. Okay, so my middle son, who is uh, quite the sports person, decided he was going to play flag football. He's been wanting to play football for a while. He's got neighbor friends that play football. He's really, really into football. He, at the age of nine, I believe knows more about football than I ever will already uh in fact he beat me in Madden 2024 computer games video games I don't know I'm not very good at it I let the computer do all the work (laughs) because it's easier that way and he likes to give me tips and pointers about how I am not calling the right plays and I'm not reading the defense or the offense very well so yeah he, he 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 thinks he thinks very highly of his football knowledge and abilities, as most uh, young men do. So he finally gets the go-ahead, and we have the time. He decides to play flag football. It's the first time playing organized football. He's more of a baseball kid. That's fine. Uh, but now he's ready to do this. So they've had two practices, and they they went okay. And they came to the first game just yesterday, first game of the season, and they're playing <clears throat> the best team in the league. <laughs> How do we know it's the best team in the league on the first day, on the first week? Well, because you just know, and it, and uh, there's there's talk, you know, there's talk around the league. This is the best team, and it showed. It it definitely showed. Uh, these kids at nine years old, they had they had the wristbands on their forearms with the playlist, the with the the plays already to go. So like they're calling their own plays, they're doing their own thing really <clears throat> some really gifted athletes at nine years old you can tell kids that have been playing this game you know for a little while and uh they, they were honestly quite impressive now that being said my son he uh got tapped to play quarterback for most of the downs when they had the ball and uh let's see his first throw was uh deflected was was uh an uh incomplete His second throw was an interception for uh, a touchdown. It was a pick six. And then he got the ball back three or four more times, and he threw, I think, a total of four interceptions. (laughs) 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 Oh, poor buddy. He threw four interceptions in his first uh, showing as quarterback in his first time playing flag football. Uh, And then... Not only did he throw four interceptions, but every time the other team got the ball on top of his interceptions, they also scored. So the score at the end of 45 minutes was was 49 to nothing. (laughs) Oh, how could he not laugh? Right. Like it's one of those things where like you feel, you feel for the kid, uh, but also, uh, you gotta, you gotta laugh or else you'd cry. Um, and so, uh, after the game, we, we were driving home and of course he was, he was, he was a bit upset. I mean, he wasn't, there was a couple kids that I saw on his team that were, you know, crying. They were to the point of tears because they felt like they were treated unfairly or they got pushed around or whatever. And I get it, it. You're frustrated um and on the way home he's he's talking about you know uh, a couple of the bad calls by the ref and you know how how that would have made a difference and how their team was a bit more aggressive and whatever and I'm like yeah but buddy 49 to nothing is is not that's not oh the ref made a bad call 49 to nothing is you got your butt handed to you and you just have to accept that they were the vastly superior team. Now, a couple of things, <laughs> a couple of things about this. One is, uh, this is a kid who has a very high level of confidence about his self and his abilities. So on one hand, uh, despite, you know, being, feeling a bit bad for him, part of, uh, his dear father was feeling like, okay, this is a good wake up call. This is a good reminder that, uh, I know you think you're all that in a bag of chips. This is a good reminder that um it it brought him took him down a a peg or two. you know what I'm saying it took him, like chill just chill out a little bit like 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 reorient yourself to the proper like uh understanding of your own ability uh and so as we were we went home, we had dinner uh we watched another football game because he loves football. And, you know, we talk. we've been talking throughout the night about all this. And then I went to tuck him in bed and I said, hey, buddy, uh, man, I know today today was rough for you, uh, but I really appreciate how you hung in there. I appreciate you kept your head up. I appreciate you kept trying as hard as you could. I appreciate you kept throwing the ball. Um, they were a really good team. Not much you can do about that. Uh, but I, I I appreciate how how you've handled yourself through through this adversity. And, and he said, well, yeah, he goes, we'll, we'll, we'll have to just have to practice harder and do better next time. And I'm like, wow, like this kid, this kid just got his teeth kicked in, uh, and <laughs> had, had his, uh, pride and ego greatly humbled and he didn't let it overwhelm him. He didn't let it, like he took it seriously enough uh he he took it just seriously enough without taking it too serious he allowed it to be a time of yeah that was tough but also this is not the end this is the first game of the season they were the best team we can do better we have to practice more like all the things and i just i i was so impressed by how he handled the whole thing uh and i i've been i've been thinking about it since we've had this conversation and since i tucked him in the other night um and I just can't, I keep coming back to this idea that it was, he had such a great perspective on the whole thing. Yes, he was bum. of course, they lost. Like, you you, you, always want to win. That's, that's part of what we do. You don't play the game if you don't think you're going to win. But also, it didn't absolutely wreck him. He still had a pretty good night. We still got to hang out with our family. We still got to go have something to eat. We still got to, you know, hang out. Um, and so I just think how often you know like when it comes to when it comes to our lives in general how often we tie so much of our identity into the things we're doing right and i get especially as a kid this is uh such a such a big ordeal you know like you, you don't have a a whole lot of things going on so if you're the athlete in the family and you do sports and your sports team is not good or <laughs> had a terrible day it's very easy to allow that to be to seep into like your subconscious of well if if this if this thing that i do is part of who i am and if this thing that i do is i'm not at the top level or whatever then is this a part of who i am am i not good enough is this is this part of who i am and so uh as you get older and you start to do other things right like wh- whether you were good in sports and elementary school or middle school or high school, it's a lot less bigger of a deal because you've got other things. You've got, you know, your jobs, you've got your relationships, you've got all these different things that you use to like prop up your identity. And I think um, one of of the big issues that we as humans continually deal with and face all, all the time is that question of identity and who we are. And then Uh, so much of our approach to life, our perspective on life, typically comes back to how do we think we are doing at the thing we are doing. Uh, For me, as I look at what I do for a living, it's very easy for me to look at, you know, some of the big name writers, speakers, preachers, whatever, and go, gosh, man, they, they do one little thing and they get all these accolades and they get all this recognition and people are buying, you know, thousands and thousands of their books and they're, they've got a church of this size and that, and it's very easy to go, well, but I'm in the same space and how come I, how come I'm not receiving that? How come I'm not getting that recognition? How come more people aren't coming to my church, right? Uh, And it's very easy to allow what I do to determine how I feel about the self. Now I've done I've done a lot of work with this over the years because this was especially early on in in what I do uh, as a, as a much younger man in my younger years uh, it, it was more difficult to to see the success of others and to look at my own uh, path and to go man it's just what what am I missing here and and that can be a time of very it can be a very uh, down sort of time it can be a very uh, heavy sort of thing that you're dealing with, um, but what I've what I've learned I think over the past years is is one of the big components with all of this obviously is like it's so much of that is just ego, so much of that is just pride, so much of that is really just putting my identity in the wrong things, uh, and so the the whole calling and basis of the scripture is is like. The, is death of the self is the dying of the self it's the ego it's putting it in the proper place and we've said this before, but you know on one hand, you have to have the ego. the ego is the thing that drives us and moves us forward. I have to have the ego almost as a as a survival mechanism, right I have to look out for myself to some degree uh, just for survival, but also, I have to be able to die to the self and also <clears throat> the ego is important because without it, how do I know what to die to? Right? And so where the freedom really comes in when we're talking about life and what we do and how we move forward through all of it, is is really found, the freedom is really found in in that letting go, in that understanding of it's not personal, in that understanding that that who I am, my value, my sense of of being, uh, has to be more than just the things I do. Uh, because eventually whatever the thing you're doing now, that will eventually come to an end. Even if you're in a long-term career, uh, there was a guy that this older gentleman I used to go visit, uh, and, he was in like an assisted living and, you know, he was a, he was an older guy. He'd lived his life. He didn't, didn't have much family really at all, which is why I was hanging out with him. Um, But I saw over the years that I hung out with him that as he got older and uh, things were taken away from him, it became much more of a struggle. And I could see it on like a on a weekly basis where, you know, here's a guy, he he was in the service for most of his life. And I don't remember exactly what he did after that. But at some point uh, he retired, which means, you know, so he's in the military as a young man. And that becomes so much of his identity. So he he's associating with the flag, with the the military, with the United States, with the freedom that he fought for. Fine. But then eventually he gets out of that and he has to begin this career, which means now he's associated himself with this identity of this is what I do. This is what I sell. This is who I am. But eventually he comes to a place of, you know, and, and everybody does, hopefully, uh, a place of retirement okay well now i step out of this role and who who am i same thing with having kids you 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 become the mother the father the the grandparent whatever eventually your kids you know that you're uh, i'm in that phase right now where so much of who we are is wrapped around uh what our kids are doing where where they have to be where they're at in schooling all this stuff eventually they will leave and we will become empty nesters and we will have to make that transition and figure out well who are we now uh, when, when it comes to my older gentleman friend here. Uh, he retired, as everybody hopefully does, and then who who am I without that job? And then as he got older and he was in this assisted living, I remember the the week that he um, that he lost his driver's license. He lost his driver's license. <coughs> well, they just he wasn't allowed to um, he wasn't allowed to, to keep driving. I mean, he was like 90 and he was, (laughs) he was so bummed that they took his driver's license because this was like his last kind of strand, this last little hair, uh, that he was clinging to for some sense of identity, some sense of freedom. Um, and so I, I remember the, the difficulty that he had that week and thinking, oh my gosh, like this is a, This is a very heavy sort of moment. Like he is, he no longer has anything in which he can identify himself. I remember how heavy and painful that was for him. And so I've always kind of carried that with me in the back of my mind to try to do my best to go, no, if, if we really lean into this, like teachings of Jesus and the scripture that speaks to the dying to the self, um, that that actually is the thing that gives us the freedom because I'm no longer trying to prop myself up through what I own, through what I do, through what I'm capable of. Um, and so if I can learn to do this stuff now in my mid-40s, then hopefully as I age, as I go through empty nesting, as I go through uh, retirement, as I go through whatever, uh, hopefully I will have already been in the place where I'm able to go Okay. Yeah, but like my value is not found in those things. I am still me. I am still uh, a child of God. I still have an innate since I still have an innate value simply by being who I simply by being simply by the fact that I exist. Um And so there there's this passage uh, in First Timothy that I think is really helpful with this. It's really good. Uh, hopefully you'll appreciate it as well. It's First Timothy, First, First Timothy chapter 6, um, and it says, for, uh, for we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Yeah, let me read that again. For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Right? So all these things that we're striving, all these things we're pursuing, all these things that we're attempting to give ourselves a sense of identity, none of that ultimately goes with us. We didn't start with any of it. We won't end with any of it. Um, And so I think the, the powerful thing here is, under this understanding of, uh, of contentment that, that as we let go of things, as we continue to die to the self, as we continue to, um, grow, hopefully, uh, beyond our pride, it allows us to come to this place of going, yeah, yeah, yeah. But none of this is really like lasting, is it? So you know, we're not saying here, don't have goals, don't have dreams, don't try to affect the world in a better way. Like, yeah, do those things. Absolutely. But also temper that with the idea that even when you do those things, that's not ultimately who you are. That's not ultimately what will lead to ultimate satisfaction. And at the end of the day, none of that goes with you. I mean, hopefully you're doing something of value that You're building something, you're creating something that will, that will last and stay here, right? That will, that will bring positive effects and change to the world even after you're gone. But also like, that's, that's not really like the, the ultimate thing, is it right? If we have food and clothing, we will be content. How many of us would, would be okay with that? You know, I've, I've, I've often had thoughts about like, could I go live like out in the woods somewhere? and, and have no recognition, have have nobody recognize that I'm even missing? Would I be okay with that? Would I be okay, uh, without some sort of legacy, at least in my mind, even if it's not a big one in the world, like, would I be okay with that? Would I be okay with not being remembered? These are big questions. These are tough questions. Uh, currently I I struggle with that. I right? I I want to uh write books and and say things uh one to be able to help people to get people to see the world in a different way to understand God in a different way but also part of it is like uh I want to leave something something behind that 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 says I was here that says I made a mark I made a difference in the world um you know when I think about uh just my own family history and lineage you know, I know, you know my parents, obviously. I know my grandparents. My mom's side, the grandparents are still alive. My grandpa just turned 96. <coughs> I know them. Uh, I know my dad's side. My uh, grandma is still alive. She's in her 90s. Grandpa died when he was 60 or 70. Uh, the generation before that, my great-grandparents, I met him. I saw him. I remember small things about them being at their house, but I didn't I don't really know them. Uh my great great grandparents. I I don't I don't know at all. I, and I don't know I don't have anything uh from their life that that makes me remember and go, "Oh yeah, this is who they were. This is what they were like." Outside of either personality traits or some little stories that have occasionally been shared through through my family. And so when you think about that, like, geez, that's just two or three generations. And, you know, they were uh, small town farmers. Uh, they didn't, uh, you know, from from our modern perspective, they weren't making a big name for themselves. They, they were just people who were living their lives, trying to do their thing, trying to raise a family. Uh, I think most of them were trying to follow, like, you know, the teachings of the Bible, trying to follow God. And yet, uh, just a couple generations, and they're just a, a whisper of a memory. I don't have, you know, photos. I don't have anything from them. And so uh, I, I go back to, w- would I be okay if in two generations, my name, my, uh, the idea about who I was is all but vanished? not that I have a choice in being okay with it or not be okay with it, but w- will, will I be okay? W- am I okay now with the idea that, uh, that it's all kind of, kind of gone? I feel like this got, this got unexpectedly deep and heavy. This wasn't where I was fighting on going with all this, but let's get back somewhat on track here. Uh, so when it comes to my son, when, when I read, when I read this passage, there's this term that I keep hearing that keeps coming up in various places uh, when it comes to like life and how we navigate it uh, that I thought's been interesting that ties to all this. Uh, and that's this phrase, sexy indifference. I think it was from uh, the Smart List podcast. They, they've said it a few times. I heard it a couple other places or uh, healthy indifference. Uh, and just this idea of whenever we're doing, and whenever we're creating, whenever we're trying to live our lives, Uh, When we get so caught up in what everybody else thinks about everything we do, it can create a great deal of fear and panic in how we live our lives. Um, But when you can come to a place of healthy indifference, when you can come to a place of, yeah, yeah, this is what I'm doing, and uh, my validation does not necessarily come from you or the critics or the fan base or whatever, then then there's a freedom there that allows us to go, to do, to create, to try, to explore. Uh, When I look at the results of the game from my son, 49 to nothing. I mean, that's an absolutely, kid threw four picks, four or five picks. They got their faces kicked in and he didn't sweat it super hard. Yes, he cared. Yes, he was bothered. But it didn't wreck his day. There was like that he he embodied this healthy indifference. And so I think w- when I look at this passage and when I think about you know what he did, where we brought nothing into the world, we can take nothing out of it. yeah, we use we, we we create, we build, we explore. we we take this time that we've been given. we We do the best we can with it. We don't take it so seriously because at the end of the day, we can't take it with us. So we lean in. Uh, the appropriate amount of leaning, not hanging the entirety of ourselves or the entirety of our identity onto the things we're doing. We do the best we can with it. And then we realize that we have to hold all of it a bit loosely. We have to hold all of it a bit loosely to the point that understanding if we had none of it and if we are never remembered and understand that if, if we never, quote unquote, make a name for ourselves, um, if we have food and clothing... We will be content with that. <clears throat> we'll be content with that. Yeah, that's like the the invitation. The invitation is you don't have to chase all the things. The invitation is uh, create uh, freely. The invitation is uh, not to allow yourself. To get so caught up, the invitation is stepping into the freedom that says, "Oh, I'm good with what I have. Uh, I have been blessed with the opportunity to attempt to do something, And so, even if I try this thing and it doesn't work, it's OK. Yeah. So I just was I was very impressed with with how this young man handled all of it. I thought, man, there's a there's a lot here. There's a lot there's a lot that he's teaching me. For as much as I think I'm teaching him, I found it uh, equally from my children that I am I am learning from them as well. So shout out to uh, to Big Ezra and and his terrible terrible game. <laughs> And hopefully he can learn some lessons from this experience and to move forward. So yeah, let's let's go ahead and call it a day. It's a bit of a short one, but uh, I just was I've been thinking about that. I figured I'd share share a few of those thoughts. Uh, Mom, thanks for listening. This has been the, uh, episode one thirty eight, Sneaky Emu, the uh, forty nine to nothing. That's that's the title. We'll go with that. All right, guys. I'm sending you all the love in your general direction. Um, my hope and my prayer for you is that, uh, that you will find the freedom to go and do and explore and create, but also that you will hold all of it loosely, that what you're doing will not be the end of your identity and that you will come to a place of learning to, to grow to the place of dying to the self, uh, of letting go of the pride, of letting go of the ego and, and learning to be content with where you're at, with what you have. Yeah. Doesn't that, sound like a nice, doesn't that sound like a nice place to live from? To live from a place of contentment and freedom. Because when you do that, then it's like, man, you, you can do anything. And if it doesn't work, that's okay, too. Enjoy the moments in front of you, you know? All right. I'm sending you guys all the love in your general direction. God bless, and go in peace. We're here to unlearn of the church and the state. We're here to treat